Welcome to the LLMC Sermon Series, where powerful messages from our missional discipling church will inspire and guide your spiritual journey. Join us as we explore the Word of God together, delving into topics that matter to your life. Whether you're seeking answers or seeking to deepen your faith, this podcast is your spiritual sanctuary. Experience the joy of community and connection as we learn, grow, and transform through the teachings of LLMC. Subscribe now, and let's embark on this transformative journey together. We've been talking about Acts, uh, the, the early church, right? And there's so much that we can learn from the early church, right? And what I love about the early church in Acts is it was new, it was it was new. There were no rules, if you will. There was no religious, well, there was religious rules, but the early church didn't care about that. Yeah, you had the Sanhedrin, you had all the leaders, and they had their religious stuff, but the Acts, the church in Acts was a new way of, of doing things. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And the blood thank you, Dan, the blood that Jesus spilt for us is so important. Do you know through the blood of Jesus, we're going to be talking about it today, that we have access to one of the greatest powers, right, that we could ever imagine, and that's through the Holy Spirit. We have that. We have we have the right to claim the Holy Spirit as our own. And the uh, early church in Acts, in simple, simple terms really, uh, tells us how the early church functioned and affected, to, affected the word, world. And this morning we're going to look at an interesting experience in the life of the young church, right? Um, And see how we can apply that to us today. And and it's going to help that that we remember what has brought the church to this point, right? The believers back in chapter 1 had been given a command and two promises, The command was, uh, in the first chapter, verse 4, was to wait in Jerusalem, to stay there, wait. And then the two promises were, promise one, that, that it would receive the Holy Spirit. That that church would receive the Holy Spirit. And promise number two was that Jesus, Jesus will come back. Now, I'm sure that the early churches was a little, you know, might have been a little confusing. Did that mean that he was coming back in a year, in, in, a, in a week, or, or whatever? But the promise was that Jesus will come back. And that same promise is something that we have. Those two promises we have access to, the Holy Spirit 
and that Jesus will someday come back. While they waited for the second coming, they were to live our lives full of victory and joy. And to do this, they would have to be, they have to follow God's obedience. Same as us today, right? We're waiting. We're commanded to to live a good life, to live a joyous life, right? To to, uh, enjoy life to the fullest. You know, one of the greatest things that I think is a misconception is that God wants us to live our lives in this little box, you know, and make sure we don't sin or we don't do anything. Now, God, God wants us to enjoy our lives. He wants us to love people. He wants to love people as he loves us, right? So I think sometimes that's a misconception, but we are to enjoy life while we have it here on earth. In chapter 2, that was in chapter 1, chapter 2, the believers were obedient and God flooded over them through his wonderful Holy Spirit. And you know what happened? The church grew. The church grew rapidly. I love that. The church grew, and and I often think about this. There was how many people baptized in, uh, in, in, I think, 3,000? 3,000? Man, they had to go through some monster classes to become, you know, part of the church. Like, we were in the religious act of baptism. No, they were baptized immediately because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the fixed, when the scriptures, uh, Talk about God and the Holy Spirit. It talks about the Holy, uh, the uh, the Holy Three in One, right? God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we surrender our lives totally to Him, we enter into the life promised to us to enjoy the best the land has to give us. So I want to look at Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. And it's a story of a miracle. It's a story of healing and how it can relate to us today. So if you will, let's look at uh, Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. Now, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the ninth hour the hour of prayer. And I want to stop right there. One of the things the early church found so important was prayer. Three, three times a day, they had set aside for prayer. Prayer was that important to us, right? Now, I challenge you because I challenge myself. Do I, do I consciously make time for prayer? Do I do that? I'm not going to answer that. So uh, uh, let me see, where am I at here? Uh, a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they sat, at, sat down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. <clears throat> 
Here was a guy who was crippled for life. This was his life. This is how he lived. That he would be carried to the temple and he would beg. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazareth, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. That's all he said. Walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit by the beautiful gate at the temple to beg. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as we read this passage, there's two things that kind of jump out at you. Number one, the obedience of believers praying. Right? We see twice, excuse me, the importance of prayer in the early church. In chapter 1, after the Lord Jesus Christ had lifted up into heaven, they were praying. They were praying when Jesus was lifted up to heaven. And then uh, they actually devoted themselves to prayer. Always asking God for direction, guidance, and assistance with fulfilling the command of spreading the gospel. And now here we are in chapter 3. They're on their way to a prayer meeting. That's where uh, Peter and, and John were going. They were going to a prayer meeting. Prayer is absolutely essential to the Christian life. Prayer is absolutely essential to the Christian life. It is our lifeline to God. When I, when I was teaching the youth, I would tell them prayer is like a daily conversation with God. No matter if you're having a good day or a bad day, prayer is that lifeline to God. God, even though he knows, he wants to know what's going on in your life. So prayer is essential. And I know that we keep, keep doing things, and I believe that we here at Line Lexington, we take prayer very seriously. I know there's a group that meets every Wednesday night for a Bible study and prayer meeting. Those people that come out, take time, know how important that prayer meeting is. You know what happens when we kind of get away from that prayer time? We disconnect from God. Have you ever had a prayer and you're praying for something or someone 
and you feel God isn't even there, right? And we kind of blame God, say, where are you? Where are you at? Why aren't you hearing my prayers? Why aren't you, why aren't you here? You know, that's not the question that we want to ask, is it? The question should be God asking us, where are you? How many times when we pray for something, then we try to fix it ourselves and we mess it up so bad that we eventually do turn back to God and say, God, I need that. I need your help. Too many times when we pray and we disconnect ourselves from God, a lot of bad things can happen. Prayer is very important. Before the meeting with um, Peter and John, the beggar, this was just his life. This is just who he was, right? He couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything for himself, right? The money that the people would give him might put some food on in his stomach. But that's all. That's all that could happen, right? It could sustain him maybe for another day, right? But he needed more. He needed more than silver or gold. He needed more than money. The money that people would give him was helpful, but it wasn't what he really needed. And you know what happened after his meeting? He was completely changed. He was a completely new person. In verse 4, Peter and John, you know what? They weren't timid about that, right? When they went up to him and you have this man that's begging his whole life, what do they say? They didn't beat around the bush or anything. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ from Nazarene, walk. Walk. That's all they said. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the man's ankles and legs were healed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because they relied. Their lifeline to God was so strong that all they needed to say was walk. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that God's will can be accomplished. They knew that. Do we know that? Do we know that without a shadow of a doubt, we have great power, right, to do miraculous things? We may have seen it. I can go back in our own congregation and through the years we have seen miraculous things and sometimes we don't see them because our eyes are shut. Oh, the doctor did this or did that. It wasn't a miracle. We, guys, we have the power that Peter and John had. Do you understand that? The early church believed so much and nothing would get in their way, right? That, that they could do miraculous things. 
The world needs, the world around us. You think about it and we say how, how it's so gloom and doom in, in a lot of ways. The world around us needs someone to reach out a hand of, of faith to them. Do you know of anybody that needs, needs your hand to reach out to them? Just this past week, I'll share a story that I shared with the elders the other night. Tuesday, I'm at work, and I get to know a lot of people. And there was this one lady that I come, she comes in every work, every work, every, every week at work. And she, she came in, and she's always pretty happy. She's one of these strong ladies, kind of <laughs> like my wife. <laughs> Where her black is black and white is white, you know, and uh, so I I can handle her pretty good because I can handle Jane. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but she's one of these ladies, and we talked like every week, and she came in this week, and she said, "I said, hey, how you doing? I don't even know her name." And she came in, and I said, how you doing? And she started crying. And I'm sitting here going, oh, my goodness. I said, what's wrong? She said she found out yesterday that her daughter was murdered in Lynchburg, Virginia. And she said, she said that she wants to kill the guy. You know, I mean, that's the way she talked. But she ended up just pouring her heart out to me. I never told her I was a pastor. I, I never told her I was a Christian. But I pushed my cart to the side and I spent time with her. And just let her speak. She told me all about her daughter who was adopted. Told me about her husband who died and how important he was in his daughter's life. He died a few years ago. And I'm sitting here going, listening and can I put a plug in there, Scott, for uh, Stephen's ministry? My mind went right to that. So I think there's still room if anybody wants to join. It was very helpful. And I, and I went back and I just let her speak. I just wanted to surround her with love, to know that she's cared about, and that I can send the love of Jesus to her. I don't know what her faith is. It didn't matter at that time, right? And I just saw a chance to be Jesus just by listening, just by showing that you care, just by pushing that card aside to say, I'm not going to be bugged by anything else except you. That's what we're called to do, people. There's people hurting all around us. And we... As Christ followers, need to be aware of this. I wasn't going to tell that story, so now I'm lost here. All right. Uh, when believers reach out in faith, when we all reach out in faith, we can do incredible things. <laughs> we have more power than we even realize through the blood of Jesus. Right? We have more power than we realize. For those uh, two uh, church leaders, it took faith to do. Now, if they went there and said, 
We'll try this. Walk, walk, guy, walk. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. But they were so in tune with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit that they can do incredible things. Right? They can do incredible things. Guys, if there's one thing I want to get across to you today, it's we have that same power. Strengthen your lifeline to God through prayer, through reading the word, through learning, and having our eyes and hearts open to the people in need around us. We may not heal somebody and tell them to walk, but there's so many other things that good that can happen through faith in Jesus. Now, uh, these guys did this great miracle, and there was people all around watching, right? They were watching, and they were wondering, what happened? This is unbelievable. This power, this power of the Holy Spirit in people can even heal the lame. They can even, and the people started talking and, and praising God and seeing how much God can, do, uh, God can do through us. I might just read here a couple verses from uh, um, Acts 3, starting at chapter, uh, I'm sorry, verse 11. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as, as it was by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You, dis you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him up from the dead. We are killed. I'm sorry. I read that. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It was Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to you, as you can all see. Word spread quickly. What would happen... If Line Lexington, this community of believers, some miraculous things happened. Think about that. It would be a church that we wouldn't have to go out and, and try to get people to come here. People would come naturally. Guys, bottom line is, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do the remarkable things of life. But it starts with prayer. 
And it starts with believing through the power of the blood. That blood that Jesus spilled for us on the cross as we're coming up toward Easter, we're going to be celebrating that. That should be the key holiday for every one of us Christians, right? It should be the key holiday because that's what gives us life. That, that's what gives us life eternal. Guys, learn, learn, to, learn here in the, in the church of Acts, in the early church. It's not about Acts. It's not about works. It's about following Jesus and accepting him into your life and being Jesus to the world around us. Let's pray. God, it's so amazing. Through your son Jesus, through the blood that was shed on the cross, all the wonderful things that we have for us. God, help us to take the Holy Spirit and know how important it is in our walk, in our daily walk. God, we just thank you for your word here and, and, and shows us what a church, what a congregation, what a body of believers can do if we stay connected to you. We pray, pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the LLMC Sermon Series. Until next time, may your faith continue to flourish and your spirit stay uplifted. Remember, you're never alone on this journey. Stay connected with LLMC and keep the spirit of community alive in your heart. Wishing you blessings and inspiration until we meet again. Take care and keep seeking the truth.